You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season, and this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in the action now and claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing the daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineups, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Lineup. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Kyle, the Edmonton Oilers are shut down for the moment. They're in the shop. They're uh, away on vacation. We had what was looking to be a pretty exciting week here with three games versus the Montreal Canadiens. And then a couple of positive COVID tests later, and now we are sitting here with a hockeyless Edmonton Oilers gameless week to talk about. Um, welcome, Kyle. How you feeling? Uh, just swell, dandy. Just got back from playing some puck. Took a big win. Talked one. Not a big deal. Just, humble brag. You know, humble brag. Um, yeah, you know, feeling frisky. Ready to ready to jump into this pod. You know. All right, Kyle. Well, how are you feeling about the fact that we are, um, unfortunately, don't have any game Edmonton Oilers games to talk about here? Well, it sucks to not watch hockey, but I think a break can be helpful or hurtful, equally either way. I think the boys were on a roll, and they kind of wanted to stay on a roll. So the break kind of, I wouldn't say sucks the life out of them, because, I mean, they still have a very, very good chance to, jump back on the wagon and keep going but i will say that <clears throat> against a, a bit of a struggling montreal team i think they really had a chance to strike while the iron was hot so i think they're a little sad about uh missing those three games so well, that, for right that, now anyway that was a big concern of mine as well is like you said <clears throat> we're on a roll right now it kind of sucks to have grind things to a halt all of a sudden play these games versus montreal and unfortunately now we've got to turn around and jump right back into it versus Toronto now coming out of a whole week off. So I think rest is never a bad thing, but right, like how concerned should we be, especially uh, as an Oilers fan who has seen Oilers just relatively have slower starts after breaks. It takes them a little bit to a couple, a couple of games to get their feet back moving underneath them. So do you think they'll be able to keep that momentum and keep their legs under them for this week? <laughs> Obviously they're still skating and practicing. I've been watching all the post games and that sort of stuff. Um, it seems like today at the time we're recording this, they, they did like a big um, scrimmage versus each other. Tippett was talking about how today was just a, a fun day, just to play against each other, keep the legs going. Um, and then, in the next couple of days, they're going to have more technical, uh, more intense practices, I guess. So they're still to keep the legs, but right. I don't know. I just feel like you lose a little bit of game readiness or game speed with a couple of days off. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, it, it's always fun. I think, I think especially when the guys get the opportunity to just kind of scrimmage against themselves, especially dead in the middle of the season, you know, I think they're kind of, having fun with that too you know i mean it's it's good competition so it keeps everybody you know moving right and then obviously you know 
you're not hitting anybody real hard. You're not, you're not throwing crazy passes that you probably shouldn't be throwing. You know what I mean? Like nothing, nothing like that's going on. Just those are the guys and you're literally in the middle of the season, but it's, it's fun for those guys to stay active in the same way that they were. But I think the technical practices are necessary and help you. It's hard to simulate real game speed, uh, even in, you know, high level practices with everybody pushing as hard as they can. It's just tough to keep up with actual game speed, NHL hockey, you know, just like you were saying, it's, Sometimes it'll take you a couple games to get back on the wagon after a little bit of a break, but rest is good, but I think it's good in smaller spurts in different times. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you're really struggling, I think, yes, throw a good week of rest in there and there you go. That's great. That's the break that you needed. When you're hot, you don't want the break. I don't think, you know? So now we got to throw our predictions for the three Habs games out of the window. Um, and I will, I talk about, and we have a guest coming here in a little bit. I talked to uh, Benders a little bit earlier tonight. We chatted about uh, the Oilers and the Habs and what could have been. We didn't talk to him earlier uh, when the Oilers actually played the Habs. Um, we played, we talked to him earlier in the season. You know, we circled these three games. Unfortunately, there's no hockey to talk about, but uh, I did talk to him for a little bit. So we're going to talk about the Habs with him here in a second. However, we do have one game that the Oilers are going to play. Uh, it's going to be this coming Saturday versus Toronto Maple Leafs. The Oilers haven't seen the Maple Leafs since they lost those three resounding games in a row, in which case since then, um, sort of in bizarre fashion, the Oilers have went, white hot and the Leafs have gone almost as cold as the as the Sabres uh the Oilers are two and five versus the Leafs the Leafs are 20 10 and two and it's actually interesting because of the way that this break has hit now this is really a battle for first place the standings would have flip-flopped a little bit if the Oilers had played the Habs here because they would have won or lost a few games and we could have pulled away or lost a few and fallen behind a little bit but now really and truly this is the battle for first place coming out of this break so what do you see from the Leafs team what should the Oilers expect and change after losing three games to them and then give me your prediction yes I mean um as I mentioned the the Leafs are a little cold right now they're on a bit of a cold streak you know I think there's still a lot of on that Leafs team though so you mean you 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 can't go into it expecting all right well we're we're coming in hot and and they're having a bit of a a struggle at the current moment you know you can't go into it thinking that especially coming off this break you got to come out hard with a vengeance you got to be pissed off you just lost three games to them the last time you saw them lost three in a row you got to come out angry I think you know not crazy taking penalties left and right angry but uh more of like with a chip on your shoulder like when somebody tells you you can't do it and you're like oh jokes on you i'm gonna do it and then i think the leafs still have a ton of speed i think they still have great vision so i mean it, this game really is a toss-up because i think i think it evens out a little bit more you know um as the leafs have been struggling a little and the oilers went off that losing streak and came in hard and was taking a few wins. Um, you know, I think, I think it'll be a very good game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know a break. And then at, the Oilers haven't faced the Leafs since losing those last three. So it's going to be interesting. How do you, I, I'm not really sure how you predict a score for this game. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Um, five, three. I like the right. five threes. We'll, hit, we'll, we'll, hit, we'll hit on the five three again. It's got to happen. Hey, listen, technically go. I didn't miss because the game Correct. didn't happen. Correct. So I'm just carrying over five three, <laughs> hit it again, run it. All right. It. All right. What do you got just for keep me? Keep it buddy? going. I'm going to say four three overtime. Four three OT win. Oilers win. All righty. Yeah. That would be only the second overtime the Oilers have gone to this season. I know. I want to see it. I, I enjoy Which watching is a shame. McDavid. It's a shame. I, that's what I'm saying. I enjoy watching McDavid skate around everybody. Just like, oh, I'm just going to skate. You guys, you guys, 
stay there. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't got much McDavid dry sidle three on three, which is unfortunate. Exactly. It's unfortunate for sure. One, who else do you throw on that? Uh, on that, you would you do Barry? I guess I see. Here's the thing. I like, yeah, like I think that's your because you're trying like, to score, right? I, that's what your gut says. But the thing is, as soon as you the other team is coming at you, Barry's so slow. I know, I know. So that's why, like, <laughs> I think, I think at this point, with the way he's playing, you throw Nurse. Nurse, 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 yeah. Just because I who think knows? That, well, the foot speed we'll of Barry see. is too much of a liability. Hey, we'll we'll see Saturday against the uh, against the Leafs. Don't have, don't don't you worry about it. We will. All right, so we are going to now hop over to uh, my chat with Benders. Um, I talked to him a little bit about the Oilers, about the Habs, about what we expected and how the Habs have been doing this season, what we expect from the rest of the season. It was a really good chat with him. Um, if you guys want to follow him on Twitter, you can. Uh, that is going to be at Habs Nightly on twitter it is awesome so go and check that out and we will be right back uh for a little bit of a different show considering um there's not much actual hockey to talk about here from an oilers perspective so we'll be right back Uh, you know what i'm just so heated because of what what you're telling me because i i do not want to live in a world (laughs) in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac- macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Go to go to Italy. If you ask... open some fucking no, 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 no. no, no, no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD, they will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. Really good friend of mine, especially last season. I was kind of in limbo before me and Mason got together and created uh, the unification of Habs Nightly. But uh, Michael had had me on like four or five times on the Dallas Stars podcast. And uh, let's just bring him in. My old friend from Florida, Michael Farley. How are you, bud? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's, it's good to be back. And it was definitely more than four or five. You were <laughs> the most requested, most listened to guest on my podcast last season. You probably you were probably pushing 10, uh, 10 appearances last last, which is good because um not too far behind was a uh, tom from blue notes podcast blue notes. So, but you were definitely number one on that list so it's it's a blast to be talking to you and yeah uh it's it's totally awesome i remember last season all kinds of shit had went down and basically farley kept my career going instead of just going in hibernation until until new jersey was taken over by me and shane but uh farley definitely kept me <laughs> kept me doing some work uh always loved the Oilers because um, not, not just because of the team's just amazing uh, and just, you know, in the past and right now they're just ridiculous, but uh, it always kind of hit home. Louisiana has got a lot of oil fields. So it's like, especially you showed me right before we started the old, I think it's the 2006, 2007 Mm -hmm. uh, old logo. And I always thought that if like Louisiana could like steal a logo, it would be that one because we, I mean, we even have the Louisiana drillers, which is like a, uh, a youth team that has like you know the drillers and it's it's well, pretty for, tight for uh, for a long time the um ahl affiliate for the oilers was the 
Tulsa Oilers. Um, yeah, I remember that. And, with the hard yeah, hat. yeah, exactly. And and the guy working working the oil. So um, they definitely like to pick areas that have uh, you know like a little bit of a little bit of oil history because Oklahoma is definitely known for for oil and gas and that sort of thing as well. Right. Very sick. Uh, I figured it'd have something to do with like uh, beef or something. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Team. Honestly, Alberta and and, and and that whole area is sort of the the Midwest of Canada. So it definitely makes sense for sure. Uh, we're looking at a week-long break, and we've already experienced one. And I guess this will start with our questions, Michael, is uh, have the Oilers had an entire week break? And how do you feel that'll uh, either help or mess up the momentum of this team right now? Well, so they had um, a little bit of a mandatory break between – it wasn't a full week long, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But they had they had a mandatory break between um, – they had lost three games in a row to uh, the Leafs. Um, and – I love uh, your teeing me up for my next question. Instantly. Yes, so they were <laughs> – we, we were a little disappointed coming off of that. We had a couple days break, and then we were able to get back on the horse. And I felt like they, they had obviously come out of that quite hot. They've won um, – I think they've won, like, six of their seven games since then um so they've been really hot since then which has been nice um i was hoping they would have been able to play these games um keep the little bit of the momentum rolling into the habs team that we haven't really seen much this season only played them twice so uh there's not a ton of bad blood here between or i think three times so there's not a ton of bad blood between the Oilers and the Habs, you know, like there might be between the Leafs or the Flames, who they've played a lot more this season already. So I was hoping to continue that momentum. Unfortunately, this break obviously shuts us down for a little bit and sucks. And so now we have to see if the Oilers are going to be able to take this break and focus up for uh, two pretty intense games versus Toronto. And they haven't played Toronto since they lost to them three times in a row. So I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, I know in recent past they've come out of breaks a little bit more slow maybe a little bit more sloppy defensively um and against the leaf team i'm not really sure if that that's the best strategy so it'll be interesting to see how they come out of the break but it's definitely um it's made this week for me a lot more boring not watching any hot not watching as much hockey we'll say that right i've i've had to lean on second favorite third favorite teams to kind of keep my mind in a, in a hockey mindset but um, i'm just so used to watching the post games and then talking about like <laughs> like sports and stuff like that and now mm-hmm. the post games are like or right now all the interviews that are coming out are just asking them about practice mm-hmm. and you know i feel like that 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 famous that famous basketball clip man we're talking about practice man <laughs> you know so like it's just it's not as important so it's been it's been hard uh i i miss it i'll say that um it, with covid hitting and stopping hockey and now hockey's returned it's been really nice to have it back so you know it's one of those things that it stopped again and it's like oh yeah so i i want i want to have all the hockey i can can have because as we've seen we don't know if it could just stop at Mm -hmm. any moment yeah and and for this division it's it's been so amazing uh it's as if covid has not even appeared yeah we've been very lucky Um, we've been very lucky so with that with that being said it's not really my next question but just to go off of that a little bit um how do you feel about the league deciding to actually postpone the entire week just because two players got it whereas the u.s side of it they would have just had those guys quarantine and continue playing the game i think this is you know my opinion this is probably as aggravating it is as for fans and you know for the momentum of both teams this is probably the best way to go about it because then, you know, uh, KK, who did not test, if I'm still correct, did not test positive. It was just Yoel Armia, but KK being someone that was around him a lot uh, automatically got put into that for, list. For the Oilers fans listening to this, that's Kotkaniemi, correct? Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's just so much easier. We have there's so many KKs, TTs, top tits, all that, uh, <laughs> JAs, but um, but yeah, so I think truthfully, like as, as tough as it is for us, because we've already experienced an entire week off, which was supposed to be there in case of this type of thing happening. But the problem is, is that we've already blew through that entire week. But uh, I think it was a smart move by the league to actually postpone the week. That way we don't see any mess up with the Oilers teams getting COVID 
and it's just spreading overall. I think it was just a better it was a better run for both of us. I'm definitely glad they caught it beforehand. I mean, we've seen with some of the U.S. teams what's happened when they caught New it Jersey, yeah, seventeen. Yeah. Not, guys to, not sitting. <laughs> not to point any fingers or anything like that, but uh, we saw a little bit what that what happens on the flip side of that. So. I think that shutting it down early, um, I was more surprised that they shut down all three games. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the first game uh, that, that was shut down maybe like 15 minutes before we the game was supposed to start um, was shut down. Obviously, they don't play that game. Um, I was a little bit surprised they shut down the Wednesday game, but I understood it. But then I was very surprised that they shut down the third Friday game. Um I, I definitely thought that they might let them play that one. Uh, I get why they're not. It's frustrating for fans, but I'm not going to complain too much when it's, you know, it's for the health and safety of the players. So right. I'm not going to be like, oh, why aren't they playing? You know, so I, I guess I'll, I'll let them be safe, I, you know. Yeah. And I mean, with us going, you know, basically we're, we're past the halfway mark um, and with no COVID in the North until now it almost is like we might as well postpone it that way, you know, this doesn't become a habit. Maybe we can knock it. And it's, it's basically everything they could have done in the bubble. They're just doing it in Canada uh, again, which is, I truly commend them for that. That's really nice. Um, So with Toronto having, having the lead and you guys are, I think they might have a game in hand on y'all. Yeah, I do. Honestly, the, that is the one upside for the Oilers from this that I think is that the Oilers had, a bit of a lead on most of the other teams in the division in games played. Mm -hmm. So if anything, this will allow Toronto and Vancouver and Calgary to catch up in their games played. So, you know, the Oilers aren't sitting at that. Oh, well, they've, they're here, but everyone else has three games in hand. So the standings could shake out a little bit. I like, I like knowing how the standings are going to shake out a little bit. So this lets some people catch up and the Oilers, you know, then are able to maybe run a cleaner race to the finish i guess and uh with us because that that entire week we kind of have already dealt with that we've uh sat in the back and let everything kind of unfold in front of us yeah it kind of puts us in in a way it put us back a little bit but at the same time now we can watch things unfurl in front of us and really you could see which games are going to be the most important all games are very much important but we're getting a chance to you know keep our eyes on, on the league at least on this division, a little bit, a little bit better. I don't know. It's just been, you know, a lot of people have been shitting on the North division, but I think this has been one of the most exciting divisions where we're definitely uh, one to four has been a very tight, a tight packed. And then, uh, well, you Vancouver's see the, your, your Habs are, your, are clinging on to that, that four spot after coming out blazing hot here at the beginning. Do you, you feel confident they're going to be able to hold on to that four spot? Cause I'm going to tell you why we're going to hold the, on to the four spot. All right. All right. I listen, I, I will, I want to kick the flames while they're down here a little bit for sure. But you know, there's some other teams, like I think, I think Vancouver, you know, and it hurts me to say it. I think Calgary still they're they're clawing at you guys. They're, they're right behind you. How are you feeling? Um, you know, I would say I'm, I'm a little nervous, but uh, we're going in a great direction. We got, we got a new coach. We got a new goalie coach, uh, Stefan Waite, who is, who's helped like, so many just like I wouldn't say problematic goalies, but like uh, he's worked with Briskalov and helped him turn his stuff around back in the day. Um, even though that guy was just a freak and had a mind of his own, but um, I think Kerry Price is really he's been working well with him. Kerry Price has definitely been getting a lot more um, plays. I mean, if you if you haven't noticed as a blade, I think he's played just about every fucking game since <laughs> since uh, Julian has has left this team. But uh, Ducharme has really helped us out. Uh, our power play is looking a lot better. But the reason why we're sticking around, and it's it's a super sore spot, but I actually, you know, I think it's definitely what's saving us is those nine OT losses. If we can't beat you in regulation, you're not going to beat us in regulation. We're going to force the OT, and we're going to, you know, take the loser's point, as Shane would say, uh, the sends, uh, sends hour. But uh, that loser's point is keeping us 100%. And I believe we're looking at most of these. We're about three three games behind everybody except for Winnipeg, who's only up one game on us So in Toronto. But um, I think that's a big factor for us, too, is that we've already – we're dealing with a 14-day break at this point. Um, 
and it's really going to benefit us watching watching everything unfold and see where we really these games are all becoming very important for us the week that we took off not this one but the previous one forced every single game to go i believe we might not have more than two days off so uh this is such a crunch time um i think it was jeff petrie they stated that this was probably like the toughest schedule that they had to face because there's there's no breaks and uh, i guess this would be a grace period for us because i'm not sure what's going on with the edmontons as far as like injuries and stuff like that but this one week is super beneficial for us because we have um Talis Foley was out with a lower body injury and a lot of people were saying it was his pelvic region because he's just fleecing Vancouver. But um, uh, I think that's really great. Hopefully by the end of the week, we, you know, we could see some positivity coming back and getting our, you know, unstoppable <laughs> offensive scorer back. But um, I think, I think truthfully that this OT, I say it every time I'm on the podcast, I think, we're going to end the season with like 15 OT losses. And that is literally going to just send us right into the playoffs. And we need to play. You basically, you've basically got like three whole wins combined there <laughs> with, with the amount of OT losses you're sitting on. And it's crazy because Mason said, cause we just, we just came off of our first OT win, which was just glorious. You know, this was definitely like what we needed. We needed to get that monkey off of our back. But uh, Mason had pointed, he was like, look, if we would have had, had won th- just three of the OT games, we would be sitting uh, 42 points, I believe. So we, it, it, this division would have been even more of a, a locked-in position uh, against these four teams battling out. But I definitely don't see us really leaving the fourth spot. I think our, our goalies are really top-notch right now. Carey Price is definitely feeling it. wouldn't say he's 2015 feeling it, but he's back. We have very capable uh, backup in Jake Allen. Vancouver has Demko, and that is truthfully it. And Calgary has Markstrom. <laughs> well, so. shout out to Calgary for losing to Ottawa again tonight. Um, <laughs> that, that's pretty great. Look, man, uh, I'm not going to lie. Ottawa is a super tough team to play. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about I from always, the perspective. We're 7-0 and versus right? them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that the uh the Ottawa is 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 the wild card. Like they will do anything for a win. They play just the the I wouldn't say the dirtiest hockey because they they're not really playing dirty. They're just playing with a big chip on their shoulder and they're gonna play grid and they're gonna play very nasty against you. And if you're a team trying to get the rhythm back, they're gonna smother that, you know, that Waffle House Southern style smothered and covered defense and just destroy everything we're looking forward to to taking away from an Ottawa series, you know. You know, last, I guess last thing from me, but I remember Mason was just like, you know, when Toronto looked like they were they were just running away with this this season, especially in this division. He was like, you, you know, I hate to say it, but as a Habs fan, you're kind of cheering on Toronto when they play Edmonton and when they play, you know, basically everybody in this North division. But uh, now it seems like we, we don't have that front anymore. We can't just let Toronto keep giving everyone losses it's now we, we're, we're we're back to battling you know and uh hopefully 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 edmonton edmonton can take over that and we can just watch all cripple everybody where where we continue to squeak in and uh take what's rightfully ours you know a playoff position because we definitely need that um we've made a lot of really great moves um but you know there is fear that this could be uh uh, Bergevin's you know this could be his make or break season and it's so I'll, playoff I'll finish, do or die <laughs> I'll finish with that do you think that if you guys miss the playoffs Bergevin's out I mean I'm, I'm a bit more I guess optimistic I think he's made a lot of great moves this season that's really shaped this team um, I would hopefully want him to stay but I think that if he does not despite every entire move he's made has been a benefit for us and is really I wouldn't say everyone has been a win, but they've more than likely been a blowout win um, in his favor or in this team's favor. And I would, I would hate to see him go, but I think that if we do not make the playoffs, we could see the end of uh, Mark Bergevin being here. All righty. Well, well, that that's it for me then. <laughs> well, I, my friend, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it sucks. I remember we, we forgot to talk in the beginning of the season in January where we played twice. And I was like, well, look, let's just circle this entire week we're playing the Oilers and we were super excited to talk all week about uh, about the game and instead we're all kind of taking a hiatus break and watching other teams but um, I guess uh, what's a 
you have another team you've been watching? You have a second secondary favorite team, maybe a U.S. Um, born I, team. I watched a, a really really good game last night versus Colorado and Arizona. Okay. Um, shout out to Aiden Hill for an incredible mm. two pad stack and overtime on Kale <laughs> McCarr. Um, so I've been watching some. I have a. I have. I lived in in Glendale and in Arizona for mm-hmm. a couple of years. So I have a bit of a soft spot for the Coyotes. Dude, it's been an absolute treat and pleasure, Farrells, to have you back on. I'm happy you're you're in the the north now, so we can continue our our talks together. Central Central friends turned just uh, for one season North allies. <laughs> we'll have to talk again when the Oilers and Habs actually play hockey against each other. Yeah, yeah, this has been. I was looking forward to. This. I think I think all three of us were. Yeah, man, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm super excited because this is definitely going to cool off the Oilers. So when we play them, they won't be as uh, as dangerous. But uh, thank you so much, Bud, for coming on. All righty, and we have returned. Uh, big shout out to Benders for doing that with me. Hopefully, we can sit down and talk later in the season when there's actual Montreal and Edmonton hockey to talk about. Like I said before, we can have a bit of a different episode here, a couple different to- topics to talk about. I've got two topics. One's a little, one's a fun topic. One is a less fun topic. Uh, I'll let you pick. What direction would you like to start with? I always start with the veggies and then go to the mashed potatoes just to get the taste out of the way. Alrighty, so the unfun stuff then. Over this last week, a regu- pretty regular known ref, Tim Peel, was refing Nashville versus Detroit. And unfortunately, the Nashville broadcast picked up him saying, and I quote, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville earlier. This is basically blatant. It's unfortunate, but it's just blatant him saying that he's calling a penalty on nashville no matter what because he wanted um it's it's basically proof of the the whole makeup call um thing a little bit um i watched a little video breakdown on it they had given a penalty um against the red wings to give the nashville predators a power play earlier in that game and then on the call that he called the penalty on that he's referring to against Nashville, it's a pretty weak penalty call as well. Um, it's a tripping on John Merrill, but it's it's a pretty, pretty weak call. Within 12 hours, the NHL comes out and basically says that they don't fire Tim Peel because he was planning on retiring at the end of this season. He's almost at 1400 NHL games ref. He's got over 90 NHL playoff games ref. He's just no longer refing NHL games and won't be refing games in the future. Um, It's an unfortunate circumstance. (laughs) Um, I think it's one of those things where we all know sort of makeup calls happen and he just got caught. Really? I don't think this is, do we expect this is really going to change the game or are refs going to be more, cautious or ref any differently like what what do you take away from this other than it's just kind of a just kind of a a dang it like it's just kind of unfortunate yeah I mean I don't think really anything changes I I think they handled it correctly to be honest with you you know a guy that's refed more games than most guys have played in the NHL I mean especially when he's planning on retiring I don't think you fire him I think it's the right move to just say all right like you're not going to ref anymore this season. We'll just let you kind of go. Uh, we're not firing you, but we're also not letting you do work anymore. You know, uh, so I think that's the right thing to do. And I don't really think it changes anything at all. I really don't. I mean, refs are a different breed. Uh, and I think when it when it's that important, when it, when you're at that level making calls, do I think there should be any sort of bias or, you know, I understand makeup calls happen, but I don't, I didn't see the penalty. Uh, I didn't see either of them, either of the calls. Um, so I don't know if the one called on the first was call, uh, it was, it was a pretty obvious call. It wasn't a weak call. Yeah. It was, it was an interference well, call. It was two players. The national players were exchanging the puck in the corner and mm-hmm. the Red Wings player hit the wrong guy after he no. exchanged the puck. So he hit the guy that just didn't have the puck anymore. It was an obvious penalty right in front of the ref in the offensive zone. Obvious penalty. Um, Yeah. I don't know any other context after a part of that game other than than the weak call happened. And then later in the broadcast, as they like cut to commercial, 
all you heard was that clip (laughs) from him um it makes you wonder though because he's got almost 1500 nhl games right like he's got playoff games like you think anything important how many many... like you think so like obviously this isn't the first time that something like that's happened it's i think it's a part of it i'm not going to be it's, I don't think he was like blatantly cheating or blowing the game or anything. Right. Like I don't, that. yeah. It, it wasn't super malicious, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing. Like, how many games do you think have possibly swung because of, you know, calls like that? Yeah. Well, and that's what I was saying. You know, I don't think there should be any bias. I know that makeup calls happen. And do I think they should happen? Probably not. I mean, uh, I think uh, a ref is never going to go back on the call that he made. So, like, even if it was a weak call, he's not going to go back and say, oh, no, never mind, that's not a penalty. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's just like when a cop pulls you over for speeding, he's not going to be like, oh, no, you actually – you know what? My bad. You weren't speeding. No. So, I think it doesn't really change anything. It just – I think it makes refs a little more cautious because, I mean, nowadays with – there's so many microphones around the rink. I mean – all the refs are wearing them when they're, you know, Especially telling, with no, uh, no fans in the building. <clears throat> with right? no fan- can, oh yeah. And fill that whole place up with tech. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy because, you know, and, and a lot of these refs uh, were a lot of them played in the league or well came up, you know, ref in other leagues and stuff, but well, this obviously guy's this also been like refing first... since 1998. He's been exactly. repping like, as long as I've been alive. So, like, yeah, he's refed through quite a few different eras and evolutions of the game of hockey. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is, I mean, like, all of the tech now is, um, you know, great for, for fans, but it really lends itself to a, a big screw-up like Tim Peel just had, um, you know, and it's just kind of, I guess it's unfortunate for him that he was the guy that got popped, but I'm sure he's not the only one doing it. Alrighty, so moving on then from the veggies, uh, moving on to I guess the dessert. Um, you watch Mighty Ducks? Of course. All right, you watch all of the Mighty Ducks, like two yes. and three. Yes. All right. So before we get to what else I want to talk about, which one of those is your favorite and why? Because there's so, a bit of a debate. So I mean. It, it's hard it's hard to go against the original Mike, Mighty Ducks just because it's like plucks on your heartstrings right like that's like the first hockey movie most people ever watched like it's definitely one of my favorite but I think the um I think it's the second one the, the one with the the international competition right yeah yeah right that's the second one I think there's some absolute characters that come out of that one I think I'd probably go with the second one so I, I've had a couple different debates with some friends. I've gotten into with some shouting matches with some friends because of this. Um, I am a original Mighty Ducks number one purist. Uh, I think I think the original's the best. Uh, it's the most complete story, and it's just it's the it's the original. You know, it's like the first Back yeah. to the Future, right? We can have the argument that the second one is better, but I will say that the first one is the best because it is. You're right. I don't know. It just introduced you to the right, whole concept. Yeah. It's the reason you fell in love with it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I've had people say number three is the best because it's the most outlandish that they lose to a group of kids that they hadn't have to teach, right? Yeah, so, like, it's the yeah. craziest. It's the most, like, doesn't make any sense. And then, obviously, right. you make the argument for two. I will say number one. So now, Imagine my surprise when I have Disney Plus. I've been thoroughly enjoying all of the Marvel stuff. Uh, I highly suggest if you haven't watched it, WandaVision. Also, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is really good. Um, That just started. I highly suggest it. Um, So I'm flipping through that. And then I see the commercial for a Mighty Ducks TV show on Disney Plus with Emilio Estevez in it and starring like and so I was a little curious. It hasn't come out yet. It is starting very soon, though, because I've started to see the commercials ramp up on, like, just TV and on YouTube. Um, so they've kicked up the advertisement for it. And I was a little conflicted. So how do we feel here about this? I think you're kicking think, dead puppies. Yeah, are, are, you, are you beating a dead I, horse here? Or? Oh, certainly. I think, I, think, <clears throat> I think it's an attempt to, uh, you know, so, like, the Disney Plus came out as a you know, big streaming service. Everybody's 
gotten into it. And, and originally it was like, oh, I'm going to watch all the Disney movies, right? Like, it, you know, it was a big thing, came out. Now you have all the all the Marvel stuff came out too. I'm pretty sure, uh, um, what you call it, the, the start of the Mandalorian is on there. Everybody's big onto yes, that, all right? All the Star so, Wars I mean, stuff's on there as well. It, it is great. And I think everybody's, you know, really into the stuff. So I think they're trying to branch and get like another, I think they're trying to get like another set of people in, you know what I mean? Like they're, you're getting all your star Wars people. You're getting the people that are going back to their childhood and watching all these Disney movies and showing their kids and stuff like that. I think they're trying to branch and grab another. I think I'll, I think, I think you're, you're on the right track. Cause I don't think it's a, I think it's probably not a coincidence that they re-released the Mighty Ducks jersey to be actually worn during games this right. season. And I even saw on Instagram uh, this last couple of days, some players the, wearing, the, yeah, the Ducks. wearing the jerseys coming in. Um, yeah, they, it was the Ducks, I think. They look, I mean, they look just as good as I remember them. Oh, they're it's so, wonderful. They're so clean. It's a staple lately. Kids have been wearing like jerseys to, you know, like the bar and the club and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get a lot of basketball jerseys, a lot of different stuff like, like Jordan's, like Jordan jerseys, like it's card or whatever. But, and then every once in a while, you get the kid that rolls in with the uh, w- with the mighty Ducks jersey. I'm like, that's, that's the guy. guy. That's the guy you want to be friends guy. with. That's the guy you want to be up, friends buddy? with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna watch it. I'll say that. I'll report back. I don't know if you have Disney Plus. <laughs> I don't. I'll mute yours. Yeah. So I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll watch it. I'll have to report back. I'll come up. We'll binge it. Yeah. That'll be that'll be fun. I saw the trailer for it. It looked. It, it looked interesting. Um, it's basically the exact plot, same idea plot of, of the first one. We're a bad, we're a ragtag. We're not hockey players. Um, yeah. One of the main characters is the the mom of the group is the is the mom and main mom in from Gilmore Girls. Um, yeah. Yeah. With Emilio Estevez, so they've brought in some big names. It seems like they're they're putting at least a little bit of money into it. I'm cautiously I hope, optimistic. I hope it really, like, I really hope it's into, like, like I've seen the ad. And so it does kind of actually, like, some of the parts that I've seen in the ad where she's, like, she's yelling at moms for having two trainers at her kids' practice and whatever. And, like, I definitely get that. Like, that, like, like I, I had that going on. Like, I had kids I know. Um, like, I, I had a kid on my high school team who was homeschooled until – um all the way in through high school just to play hockey i'm like well, well like as much as you know i would love to play hockey every day i think if i did that i would have been burnt out by now you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i think there's definitely some valid points to it we'll I, see how I it think, is we'll see how it works i think it has the potential if it hits on um i think it could resonate with like you think probably parents are watching this with their kids and so you got to think like maybe yeah. this will resonate with the parents who watched the original Mighty Ducks and the kids as they like try and also teach their kids how to play hockey at the same time as they watch this. If that makes any right. sense, right? Th- they can relate to yeah, it. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of like relatable, relatable hockey content for like all the hockey families and like hockey right. kids. Like we're going to be able to watch it and laugh at all, all of the funny hockey parent, like crazy hockey parent jokes and that sort of yeah. stuff. And then they're also trying to cash in on um, the nostalgia of Emilio Estevez and all that sort of stuff. Certainly. All right. So to wrap things up here, we're going to double back to the Oilers. The trade deadline is coming up here. It's approaching relatively quick on a different side. I think what a big thing the Oilers are looking at is we got Nugent Hopkins. And from what I've heard, Nugent Hopkins agent and Kent Holland have had a lot of long conversations there in some pretty good talks. Things are moving forward. It sounds like uh, relatively positively. I think we have to have the talk again about Tyson Barry. Um, the guys, you know, flirting with leading in points. My first question to you is what are we doing with Nugent Hopkins? I think everyone in the fan base for the most part is screaming to have him back. He's one of those guys where I don't think it would surprise me if he retires an oiler. He right, he's got that sort of potential and fan love. Yeah. I think there's a lot of push from the outside to re-sign him. Um, I've heard some arguments on, you know, maybe potentially why he might be 
you know, he could be looking for more money elsewhere. But I think that's a big thing that they're, their Oilers are wondering about. Do you think that's something they worry about now or they look at, they think about the summer, right? Do you think this affects their trade deadline at all? There's certainly a possibility, especially if you, if you're looking at it long-term and you think, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sign them for a reasonable contract. You know, if you're looking at it and you really don't think you can, I don't know, if you really don't think you can pull together a reasonable contract, you know, obviously Nugent Hopkins is worth some money. I mean, puts up points he's a good good hockey player but a good head on his shoulders as you said all the fans love him you know the guys love him he plays so on I the mean, top two lines he's on the first yep. power play he penalty kills like he yeah. literally does everything for the team yeah. he's almost every year on pace for 25 to 28 goals and 60 to 70 points Right. I mean, it's, he's worth a pretty penny. I'm not saying get him on a, get him on a steal. Don't pay him. I I think you have to find the right balance of this is good for you. And also we can keep the rest of the team together kind of thing. But I think if you, if you're looking at it and, you know, depending on how, um, you know, Ken Holland and um, his agent are, you know, depending on how those talks are going, like they seem to be going relatively positive, but, if, if one of them sees somewhere, hey, it's not looking great, I think definitely do a trade to get something out of them at least. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like necessarily. There's you probably not a ton can't of... move Nugent Hopkins, though, mid-year because that, that would throw right. off so much mojo in the room, don't you think? Yeah. Before. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the, the top option is obviously keep them and, and you know, continue to work with what you got i think you're kind of right i mean it, it, that, that really does throw a lot of a lot of questions around about who's who's going to stay who's who's safe here kind of thing you know so i think ultimately the plan should be to keep them unless something extenuating happens some extenuating circumstance occurs i, I think he stays so then looking at tyson berry a little bit of a different circumstance he came here on a one-year deal looking, <clears throat> looking to do basically exactly what he did um, and is what, what he is doing, which is come here on a low-cost deal, put up a bunch of points, and then look for other things. Um, I think at the beginning of this year, we probably would have said, no, he's not coming back. He's going to put up a lot of points, and then he's going to get overpaid somewhere else. I right. think, though... And I've listened to this, I was listening to some of the Oilers Nation guys. Um, they put in a good point of, you know, he might be looking and seeing that um, he could potentially get a two, three-year deal here for a little less money, but he knows it works here. He sees the leadership and who he gets to play with on a night-to-night basis. And he had the uncertainty of, you know, he tried to chase the bag a little bit last season in Toronto and it backfired on him. And so he, he's rebuilt his stock here, but you know, maybe he, he, he likes it and and he would be willing to stay for a little less money um, because he already did take a little less money to come here earlier. Right. Um, He turned down a a higher deal. Um, I forgot, I forgot from who I believe it was Vancouver. Yeah, I think so he turned down a higher deal from someone else to play here already. So I think there could be potential for him to stay. Do you think he stays, but then what is the potential or what would you say it is an overpayment? What's the most you would pay for him? Also, I mean, I, I think I definitely agree. I think, I think there's a lot of, I think he's kind of looking at, at the way he's playing right now and the way he's playing with everybody else. Cause as we mentioned before, he's playing on that power play line. He's often starts with, you know, McDavid, that first line. He's getting a lot of points. He's getting points where it's like, oh, I dropped the puck at my own goal line. Oh, I got an assist. You know what I mean? So, I mean, not to say that he's not doing a good job. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm sure he's looking at it. And and you don't, you don't get that many points if you're not gelling with other guys. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't do that well if you're not um, comfortable with where you're at, you know what I mean? Like, like guys that are uncomfortable in the locker room 
um, or have beef with other guys on the team kind of deal, kind of walking on eggshells in the room. They don't perform like that. It, it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? You know, you look at it and you say, hey, I like the environment here. You know, I like the guys I'm playing with. I like the points I'm putting up. Maybe I stay for a while, you know, and whatever that is, two or three years, you know, I don't think I'd sign into some crazy contract. They got a cheap deal this year. What's it like? Like one something, right? A little over that. His deal is one year for 3.75. You know, I think I was thinking of uh, Terrence's deal. I was thinking of the wrong deal. Yeah, we got um, him for much lower to do absolutely yeah. nothing, I guess. I think a guy that caliber, I, I think, you know, does the way he's putting up points right now, does he want money that low? You know, if you're, if you're talking cost per point or, you know, per, per, per worth, like how, like how much are you worth? Um, I think that's a, a bit of a steal for the way he's performing right now. I, I think that's a real good deal for the Oilers. I think you can get away with paying him, you know, five, five and a half, Something like that. I, I think he's a very mid-range guy. You know, I don't think he's getting any of these crazy contracts. I don't think he's going anywhere. And you know, unless there's somebody that's trying to put a rebuild together and get a little bit of, you know, more like I guess a veteran guy that's kind of established. Unless they're doing that, then they might throw something crazy. You know, eight, nine, ten, whatever at him, just to get him to show up. And it's a, it's very possible that that happens. It's just a matter of, you know, what, what do you want to do? So I think probably right around there like five and a half between five and six i think this is a good deal is five and a half yeah. is the cutoff for people anything over that yeah. would be too much how long though you try and lock them in i say any i say three max yeah yeah i i think I think so as well and you know that's not to say that um after that if he's still playing good sign him again uh, you know i i think that um locking him into anything longer than three is stretching yourself a bit thin so i think he's a good player and he's definitely a good player now and it was likely to be a good player next season and probably for two or three seasons but anything after that is questionable i would say so then my last question for you here on the trade deadline topic is what is your biggest in your opinion the oilers biggest need or biggest area they need to address and off the top of your head do you have anything the oilers would maybe <coughs> should target in that area to shore that area I say, to be honest with you, I think defense looks great. So I don't think you really need to address any defensive concerns, especially, you know, you're assuming Kluckbaum comes back next year. So you're not really looking for any guys that are, um, you know, too big on defense. I think two main concerns would be um, consistent younger goaltending and depth scoring i think um still you know we've said it a few times i think the bottom six does not produce uh nearly as much as you know some of the better cores in the league i mean obviously there's the bottom six on your roster you're not expecting them to put up you know first second line points you're not expecting them to put up points like that but you want them to be even or higher than the average bottom six in the league um I just don't know that they're producing as much as that. So the Oilers that said, at the moment, they don't have any cap space. So any move they're making is going to be dollar in, dollar out. It's going to be they're right. going to be moving bodies. Um, they're going to be trading a few players here and there. There's going to probably going to have to be some like retaining salaries in some some area. So it it's not going to be super easy for them to make a deal, but they they still could. They have a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really off the top of my head that I can think about. You know, I don't know really anybody that you target necessarily. I think, you know, if, if anybody is, you know, throwing some offers at you, maybe you field some offers and just kind of listen and say, oh, okay, maybe that's an okay deal. I think goaltending is probably your next biggest concern. Mike Smith and Mika Kraus are not in any way, shape, or form spring chickens you kind of got to lock up some better young goaltending and it's really not in the uh, organization at, at the current juncture. Your, your next few goaltenders are not super solid. So while the two of them are, are, you know, putting up numbers and stringing together wins, I think that's great, but I don't know that it keeps up for much longer. 
So some names um, that I'm looking at here, some some UFAs. It might be a little harder to get, but something I think might be good. You're talking about some maybe depth scoring. I think of utility. Um, maybe some you can move them up and down the lineup. Uh, Kyle Palmieri from the Devils. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he's, he's a UFA. He's, he's right now his cap hits a 4.75. So it's a little higher. Like I said, we might have to be making some moves here. I think if they're willing, I think, you know, maybe, uh, looking at Neil could, uh, potentially yeah. be, be get, get move, yeah, moving some Neil, obviously Taylor Hall, but I don't, I don't know how you, how you do that. He's sitting, he's got like a nine mil cap hit. So yeah, I mean, just, you have to get rid of you. You have to get rid of something. It's not. I don't. I don't know that it's worth it to do that. At least you know. Um, Patrick Line. Oh, what's what's his hit? Patrick Line's cap hit right now is oh my, it's it's absolutely nothing. It's four point nine nine five. That's not bad at all. I mean, it, I think maybe if you're if you're willing to uh, wait the. Um, through all the COVID protocols for him, I think that's a, a great guy to go for. Because even if, you know, you put him on one of your higher lines, um, that moves somebody from your higher line down to – and then that adds to your depth scoring just because, you know, by by the trickle-down theory. Um, so, I mean, what do you have to give for him, though? You know, maybe a Neil um, – you know, I would have said tourist, but he did absolutely jack shit. So, um, you know, it doesn't really have a ton of value. I mean, I think I think you have to get you're moving pieces at that point that are. Is it worth it to move those pieces for the guys that you want? You know. And I'm looking at you. You mentioned goaltending. There is not much in terms of you know potential free agents to look at. Um, I still think right. Olmark as a potential future goalie would be good, but I think that's a move you make in the summer. You don't make that in the season right now. Um, In terms of goaltending, biggest goaltender free agent at the end of the season is Tuka Rask. Oh yeah. I'm looking here. Um, We've got uh, Frederick Anderson from Toronto, uh, Pecorine in Nashville. So there's some, there's some like older names. I mean, Oilers fans will remember this one, Devin Dubnik. It becomes a, uh, oh, here's one though. Okay, this one I think actually, actually, hang on, his name just popped up, Anti Ranta. I think that mm, one had I, that I, one could be a look. I think I think that's the best name on the list for the Oilers situation because I mean you're looking at it. Rene is no younger than either of the goalies you have now. His, pe- his cap move, hits but... a four uh, four point two five, <clears throat> and he's an um, unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. I was watching um, the Lightning played them the other day, and I was watching um, uh, our good friends that work for the Preds were down here, and so we were watching that game. You know, I was watching it on the broadcast. They were talking about, you know, what is Man. what does Pekka want to do? Um, I was talking about Pekka, and they, you know, they were talking about what well, well, what does Pekka want to do at the end of the season? Does is he does he resign? Does he go somewhere? Does he retire? What you know? There's that. I think Anti Ranta is a great great pickup because so he was playing where Arizona is he still in Arizona yeah he's still in Arizona uh, I mean the last couple seasons he put up a some pretty impressive stuff for playing in Arizona <laughs> I think he's always had some injury issues obviously between him and Darcy Kemper they they two of them just can't seem to stay healthy at the same time and I think yeah. there's no way you're prying Darcy Kemper out of Arizona but they have two right. really, really solid goaltenders when they're healthy. Every time they come in and are healthy, they play really well. I think Anti yeah. Ranta's a good looks. I think there's a couple, couple sneaky. I think they might be. I don't know. Something in my gut says Palmieri would be a good move. I, that might be dumb, and that's probably why I'm not a GM. But I, I, <laughs> I, I like the Palmieri move. That's that's something I'd be fiddling around with on uh, on the the GM mode if I was. Listen, I. I've played a few GM modes and I may have put it on easy mode, but that's not a big deal. I always came out on top. I'm just saying <laughs> I know a thing or two. That's crazy. I won like six Stanley Cups in a row. It's I just can't be beat. I don't know why the GMs in the NHL just don't listen to me. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, this has been a bit of an interesting week. 
um, with no Oilers games to talk about at the moment. However, next time we talk, we will have at least one Oilers game to talk about. We'll be able to do some of our plays of the week. Um, again, big shout out to Benders for sitting down and chatting with me um, earlier. That was awesome. And uh, yeah, so Kyle, you got anything else for me before I, uh, I do the wrap up? Tell these lovely, pe- lovely people where to find us. Uh, no, man, that's it. I, um, I enjoyed this uh, fancy segment here. I, I, think, I think we had a, much like the Oilers had a fun practice, we had a fun pod. All righty. Well, all you people listening to this, you can find us on Twitter. That's going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter uh, to chat along with us during games. You can also follow this podcast um, on wherever you're listening to it right now with SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, megaphone anchor all of them uh it you can leave a review leave a comment it helps out a great deal um and then as always hockey will be back let's go oilers (laughs) 